0: The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. And that is what happened to the Oregon Ducks basketball team when they played the Oregon State Beavers this Saturday. Angie, this is another episode of the Damn Podcast. And, uh, you know, I usually do a different open, but I'm going to switch it up. I like that sweeping noise I kind of did. I was hoping that it was going to be funny. If it was funny, please let me know so I know if I could do something like that again. If not, if you guys are like never do that again, then I won't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Angie, that game Saturday, that was fun. It was fun. It was a good game. I was, uh, yeah, I was really excited. And we were talking about this a little off air. So everybody, I I work at 10 A. The Fan here in Portland. And they are the home of the Oregon Ducks, so when the Ducks have basketball, and they are the home of the Oregon Ducks, so when the Ducks have basketball games, I do broadcast items, so sometimes, you know, or so I sit in the studio, and I have to basically broadcast the game for 1080 the fans, so I watch the game, uh, I grab the highlights, and put them up so we can use them later, and basically... Uh, I do it for every game, and so obviously the Civil War is <laughs> a big one for me. And so I'm sitting in the studio, and after the game, the whole time I'm watching the game, I'm hyped anyway. And so uh, after the game, I always have to email you know, all the producers, kind of tell them what happened, give them the highlights, tell them what happens, everything like that. And Angie, let me tell you, I made damn sure that they knew that, one, it was a Civil War sweep. Two, that Oregon State came back, I think, in the second half. Let me look. I have it pulled up right here. We dropped 45 points, and the Ducks dropped 29. And so I could go on forever, but basically I made sure when I emailed my boss to say the Oregon State Beavers, in all caps, swept the Oregon Ducks, all lowercase, everything. I was being ridiculous. But, uh, Andy, do you want to kind of give us your thoughts on the game? Did you watch the game? We did.
1: We, we watched the game. It was it was fun. I mean, the, the first half was a little clunky. Um, it, it kind of didn't – it felt disjointed, and nobody really got rid of it. The Ducks, they, they had a, a couple threes that, that kind of – got them off to a a good start but right in half I don't know it felt like the tide was kind of turning a little bit and um to watch the Beavers come out that second half and just completely dominate you know especially after what we saw down in Eugene last or the last time they played the Civil War where they let the Ducks and their press kind of get to them Oregon State was able to hold them off you know and and play their game it was it was fun to see in the crowd I heard I heard the crowd was electric Mm -hmm. over 9,000 people and and fun to see. I, I saw um, a picture that Lamar Heard was there. Um, I, I know a couple of the the Chinese were there as well, so they were able to see the atmosphere and, and see that big win.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's huge. Is just it was just a good time because even when you know I was watching the game, I was like, man, they like they're a lot better. Like they they're better than this Ducks team. It's just they have the, they didn't get the shots to fall. They're kind of being careless with the ball, and you know. Let's you know. Let's not take it away. Lewis King for the Ducks was on fire from three. I think he dropped, I think it was thirteen or twelve of the of the Ducks. You know, twenty points or twenty one points at first, and then obviously more people started to score. But you know, they were shooting well. I think they were shooting at the half. Um, I think it was like sixty eight or something ridiculous from three. So it's you know, at that point, if someone's shooting the lights out, you just I would I always say when I played and what my AU coaches would say is that you just have to stay close. You just have to stay within striking range. And I say that a lot for football as well, but that's exactly what Oregon State did. I mean, at the half, they were only down, what, they were down by one point. One, e- one yeah, point. even though Oregon was shooting the lights out at first, and so they just found ways to stay in the game, and then the second half when, you know, obviously the Ducks aren't going to shoot 70% the entire game, and then obviously in the second half, everyone starts to light up. Uh, Stevie Thompson, I mean, he dropped 22 points, and that dude can score from anywhere and anyhow, and then... Um, I
1: always that's, that's when I felt that the game was was shifting is when yeah when Stevie kinda, when Stevie is hot look out so you know you started seeing some things go in from him and I, I told my family I'm like okay things are changing it's the Beavers are gonna mm-hmm. gonna do okay
0: and uh <laughs> I can't I can't remember oh it's Joey Mack is the Ducks play-by-play guy um and I've met him before he's a super nice guy I've met a lot of the Oregon Ducks broadcasters and everything like that, but Angie, it was, its so funny to listen when they're talking because you could tell that obviously they—they they don't know that they're gonna lose, but they're like, okay, like here we go, like Oregon State's starting to make a run, and he, they just sounded so upset and so disappointed like the entire second half. I was eating it up. I loved it the whole time. I'm sitting <laughs> in the in the studio laughing super hard because he's like, and Stevie Thompson gets the end one. So, uh, it's the score of this to this. And I was like, I was like, hell yeah, it is Joey Mack. So, uh, it was funny. It was a good time. But, um, Angie, that was, that was big for the Beavers. And, you know, I, I think it now puts them in complete control of second place. I might be mistaken, but last time I looked, they were no second
1: place. Yeah. They yeah. are in, in full
0: possession of second place in the Pac 12. Well, that's, that's something, Angie. I don't know how often you've seen that, but, um, yeah, like never. I mean, <laughs> and I'm old. I've been
1: around a while, but I mean, I mean, I think back because even I mean, the last time they were really, really good it was you know Gary Payton, senior, mm-hmm. and that was I, I think I was in high school then, so it wasn't like I really paid any attention. So, well, that's- no, it was fun to see and and um, and then baseball started their season and. Um, they're undefeated right now. They have a they're three and zero. Softball's doing well. Mm-hmm. Women's basketball lost a, a a tight one down at at Oregon on Friday, and they play again tonight in Gill. But I hear that's a sellout. But I mean, some good things going on right now. And then near and dear to my heart, because Marcus, you know what? Football's number one in my mm-hmm. world. Spring practice starts in like
0: two and a half weeks. Does it really? It does. Whoa! Here we go. All right, Angie, I'm hyped, and not to mention spring ball starts. But there's that new American is it American foot American Alliance or Alliance. I don't even know the Alliance football league, basically. I know that I can't remember the full name of it, but that starts and there's some Oregon state players in that too. And, you know, Richard Mullaney is one who plays for the Arizona Hot hotshot. So does, uh, I think Devin Chappelle and Connor Hamlet. And they actually, you know, from what I've seen so far is they're, they're pretty good and it's a cool league. So it's nice to see some, you know, some Oregon state players doing well at, at the next level. Um, but Angie, you're right. Spring ball starts up. So that is going to be something I think is huge. And to anybody, I promise you guys, we're not just passing over baseball, but it's almost hit a point where it's like, we know we're so good. And I don't know <laughs> enough about baseball to break down the whole game. But uh, yeah, Angie, before we, you know, actually actually uh, switch over to football and talk about spring, what was that 13 to one over Minnesota, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh the the one I I missed that yesterday I had other things going on but uh Friday their opening game seriously they were down gosh, I think it was like 4 to I don't know basically I I watched the very end of it we were, were able to to watch on a I don't even know how I how I found it on my my phone but I found it and they basically um I guess I guess we just listened to it we listened like uh John Warren but they won with a walk-off home run or a walk-off uh single that Scored two runs and Beavers
0: won. It was crazy. Well, that's because they were down the entire game. That's the kind of uh, you know, it's it's part of luck, part of skill, you know, part of just being prepared for a moment like that. But, you know, even in Omaha last year, that was kind of what I I just noticed. Because, like I said, I promise you guys, I'm not a, I don't know that much about baseball to really break down the game. But every game I watched, and if it was a close game. You know, I would think most people would be nervous, but I don't know if Oregon State fans really get nervous when our baseball team is down like that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really don't. Because when I was watching it, I was like, I think I was watching with my roommate and he was like, man, you know, he went to Washington State and he played football there. He's like, man, like, are you nervous right now? Like, you guys might lose. And I was like, bro, come on. Like you, you Washington State fans worry about whatever you guys worry about passing the ball. And I'm going to worry about my baseball team right now because I'm not worried because we're going to win. And so that was kind of it. But congrats to baseball. Congrats to basketball, both men's and women's. You know, Angie, these sports and softball, I should say, too, because they're doing well. So things are looking good at Oregon State right now. But, uh, Angie, like you said, our bread and butter is football. Let's talk a little spring if you're ready for it.
1: I am ready for spring. Yes, I am.
0: So I guess we could start off like this. Do you, maybe we could talk about, you know, guys coming in and making instant impacts, but, Angie, kind of, and it's kind of a broad question, but what are some things I guess you'd be looking for in the spring?
1: Number one, I think all eyes are going to be on quarterbacks, um, Jake Luton and Tristan Jebbia. I, 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 Coach Smith has said previously that, you know, Luton will come in as the number one guy. But uh, all, all signs point to Jebia kind of being that guy went, come come time for games. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if not, if, if, if Jake has improved and, and can – I mean, either way, you have two guys that can run the offense. And that's huge for Oregon state. Um, but I think a very close second is going to be up front and it's going to be the lines and the linebackers, both lines, offensive and defensive line and then the linebackers and mm-hmm. just kind of see um, especially up front in that defensive line, there's going to be some new faces there already for spring uh, just to see how they're going to shore that up. And, you know, honestly, it's going to be hard to tell if they're playing each other. So it's really tough to to see, but I want to see progress. I want to see progress the, on the offensive uh, line. I want to see um, just how much bigger and stronger those guys are. Um, because, seriously, the defensive line was manhandled last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They really were. And that is the single most important thing for me that I'm going to have to see is, you know, who's going to come in, who's going to make an impact, and is there going to be impact? Because spring, spring is – everyone always asks kind of if fall camp or spring is harder it do, it really depends who your coach is because with Coach Riley, spring was more of a you really focus on your skills and you really kind of develop as a player and then fall camp was was meant to break you down. I think that's what it was in a lot of places. But with the old staff, it was, you know, I would say it was like a what Angie a thirty five forty period practice and periods were about ten minutes long.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: it was it was brutal. They were long and it was oh goodness they were it was so hard and um, it actually kind of got a lot of our guys hurt, so I'm kind of interested to see how Coach Smith will do this. But, um I mean, like I said, Angie, the biggest thing is I just want to see improvement, and I just want to see guys compete because I would say spring is about competing a lot and kind of putting, especially for the transfers or, or any new guys coming in, you know, this team didn't win a lot of games. They haven't won a lot of games. So I would really say no spot is safe. So yeah, say exactly. you're, you know, Jefferson – or AP, they better bring their game because whoever, you know, we know that they're, they're the one to punch, but, you know, one of them might start over the other or if the other one is not, you know, performing well or whatever that is. But it just gives the coaches a good kind of grasp on where everyone's at and how they're going to develop them. But, you know, if I think if Oregon State and their players can take this spring extremely serious and really take the next step, you know, I think a lot of Oregon State fans are going to feel better because, you know, now the talent's starting to come in and, it, and it's finally, you know, we're starting to see. I wouldn't say we're over the hump yet, but I think that we're starting to, we're almost to the top, right? And then from there, we can, or not almost to the top, from there, we can start the climb and keep coming up, coming up, coming up, right? And then finally get to the top of the mountain where we're feeling good and we get five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, 10, 12 wins a season.
1: Yeah and and coach smith also brought up a big point that last year spring camp with there were so many injuries so mm-hmm. so many guys did not participate so this year guys are healthy and really give the coaches a look at how how they're doing how they're improving really who's who's putting in the work who's who's in the weight room you know who's putting in the extra time uh, to be ready and then my hope going forward then is they're healthy during spring they can stay healthy and then we hit we are able to hit fall camp you know, off and running and yeah. really really get ready for the season.
0: Yeah, it's – well, spring camp from what I remember – geez, from what I remember, I sound old, but it was it was so much of – and Angie, you, you hit it right on the head, who's really been working? Because, you know, there's a lot of guys who don't take the winter conditioning serious or they skip reps or they – You know, they don't focus on their bodies and it shows because there's no way you're going to be able just to transition into spring practice regardless and be 100 percent and feel like, you know, I'm feeling good about everything unless you've been putting in the work like that. And so that's why, you know, especially for my for my running back group, my last season or my last spring. You know, before I hurt my knee, we were looking good, Angie. We were able to block extremely well, and, you know, we were able to do all the running back moves, everything you need, every move in the book. We were understanding the playbook. We didn't, you know, as soon as we saw the play, we knew exactly what we were doing, and we'd all call it out. That was kind of the maturity level we had in that running back room, and that was kind of. That was all because we put in the work in the wintertime and would take the time, go look at the film, obviously, you know, do drills on our own, conditioning on our own, on top of what the coaches already gave us. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of next step. And, you know, I don't see any reason why, especially, say, the receivers, the running backs. And, you know, frankly, the linebackers and the and the defensive backs, why they can't be like that? Because there is, yeah. you know, there might not be the most depth, but there's experience. And I think well, and most the, of those guys have played. The experience is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you
1: know, I, I, I think back to last spring and, and you know, if you remember, there, everything was new. You mm-hmm. know, the players didn't know the coaches well. The coaches didn't know the players well. The, they didn't know schemes as well. It was a lot of fixing culture and a lot of trying to build some trust with the players that had been shattered with the last half. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of a lot of things that weren't even football related that were going on. Whereas this year, they should be able to hit the ground running. These players know the system; they know what's expected of them. They, you know, have been able to spend a year with the coaches and building some trust and between each other. And uh, it should it should look different. It,
0: it should look a lot different. Mm-hmm. And Angie, again, you hit it right on the head. It's I feel like it's the first year in a while that there's nothing other than focusing on football, right? There's yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's no, no distractions, and, distractions. Mm-hmm, yeah. Nothing like that. The guys who want to be there are going to be there. You know, guys are going to get upset. They're going to get their feelings hurt. That's just how football goes. But I think it's the first time in a while that it's no new coaches, no wondering, you know, is this coaching staff going to work? Like, is, you know, are they getting fired next season again? Whatever the, you know. Are whatever. they changing the
1: offense? Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Something I mean, out there, the right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's just finally focus on what we have. We have what we have. The pieces are starting to come together. Some good transfers coming in that will, you know, put us, you know, at least in a better place than we were last year, which obviously isn't too hard. But, you know, it's it's a sign that things are starting to turn. And I think that's finally what we want to see.
1: Exactly. No, mm-hmm. I, I agree 100. It's gonna, it's going to be more football. Yes. You know, it's
0: going. It's not all the off the
1: field stuff and and the fixing. But like I said, instilling instilling a culture, um, that's that's tough to do. And when you're basically hired and have two months to to recruit and meet the players and start spring camp, that's a tough tough task. Yeah, so that is. It'll tough. be fun. Um, fans get to see the team. Uh, they'll be up in Portland. I believe it's April 13th. Up at um, Mountainside High School again, up um, in Beaverton, and then the spring game is April twentieth. So two chances uh, for the fans to, to get out and see the team. And I'm sure they haven't announced it, but I'm sure there'll be some like autograph sessions for the kids
0: and all that too. Angie, what's up with us? Are we going to go check out some practices or what? We are. Uh, is we there are like, really are they open to the media? Like, am I going to get like a chest bump from Coach Smith or something? Well,
1: I, we will talk off the air because there are certain practices that are open to the media.
0: Hey, okay, perfect. So,
1: so you and I are hit, hit, hitting Corvallis
0: hey. and running Carter because hey. uh, we have Carter down there. Oh, yeah. Carter's our, uh, Carter's the new Amy Schwartz now, huh? Yes, Carter is the new Amy Schwartz. Well, perfect. Angie, well, if there's nothing else, is it, uh, is it time for some damn questions? Let's do some damn questions. There's some fun ones I've seen today. Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information.
1: Okay, Marcus, let's do some damn questions. Uh, I actually have one. Uh, Will, William Schulton has one for me about um, uniform reboot for, ooh, for the season. Okay. So I don't have anything specific. Um, there will be some tweaks to the uniform, and that's about all I know right now. I think Oregon State wants to, um, you know, kind of make their announcement and however they want to do it, so um, stay tuned for that, but there will be some... I, I've heard not crazy changes to the uniform, but some, some changes,
0: some tweaks. So Angie, stay do, tuned you, uh, do you actually like the uniforms right now, or do you want to see some tweaks in them?
1: I don't. I You know, they're fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I mean, I've I really got... I got nothing on uniforms. I really don't care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, maybe that. I didn't
1: like the 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 old sport bra ones.
0: Yeah, I actually, I I, I really like the ones that they have now. You know, I really yeah, I I don't
1: mind them at all. The 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 stripes on the sleeve might be a little annoying, but um, honestly, I don't mind them. My my favorite, and maybe it's just because of the time. I would love to see them try to redo um, or kind of give an update to the ones like that Coach Smith wore
0: the 2000. the Mm. all black. They were so sharp. Yeah, the, I, mean, I think those was, one would be nice, too, with just some nice Nike ones. Anyways, sorry, we don't anyway. want to keep going. <laughs> um, Angie, you got another question? Um, I do. Let's see. I'm going to run over to the Logic Beaver Blitz, because there's a couple
1: really good ones. This one cracks me up. Matt Chiffoni, food. this is a good one. Okay. Who is the biggest villain for Oregon State Athletics right now? A, Phil Knight. B, Andrew Nemec. C, Larry Scott. B. Gary Anderson, E, Scott Barnes, and then um, someone else added um, Ed Ray because of his support of the current Pac-12 administration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Can it, we just like, have a G, all of the above? Yeah, I was going to say, it
0: really just <laughs> depends. Um, good ones. This
1: one cracks me up. Matt Chiffoni, food. this is a good one. Okay, who is the biggest villain for Oregon State Athletics right now? A, Phil Knight, B, Andrew Nemec, C, Larry Scott, D, Gary Anderson, E, Scott Barnes, and then um, someone else added um, Ed Ray because of his support of the current Pac-12 administration. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we just have a G, all of the above? Yeah, I was going to say it
0: really just (laughs) depends. Um, I'm going to say... In a way, I would say Coach Anderson, but I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say all the above because I guess I don't really know everything. Like, I don't know really anything about the Scott Barnes or Ed Ray yeah, or anything yeah. like that. But um,
1: in your opinion, it's Anderson. Yeah. as up. Yeah.
0: As a, for just blowing up the program. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really was. It was. I mean, it was on a downward tra- trajectory before he came in and then he kind of just
0: drove it right off the cliff yes so that's that's going to be my answer angie who do you got
1: gosh i don't know i i really i i'm not a fan of larry scott I'll, mm-hmm. I'll
0: say it i i
1: just think that um he hasn't done what he came in and promised that was going to happen um but then at the same token the pac-12 um presidents have been supporting him mm-hmm. and in, in my world if you're not doing your job and you're not getting the tv contracts that were promised and you're spending you know a ton of money and it's you know and this has a, been a good discussion on Blitz. You know, I think the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 in general, the Pac-12 Network, they they hang their hat in the fact that you know they're the Pac the Conference of Champions, and it's and it's Olympic sports, and you know they win all these, which is fine. But Olympic sports don't they don't pay the bills, right? You, it, it's a great story, you know. And and even as far as like Oregon State baseball, awesome story, fun for fans. But the number of fans that kind of come out and out of the woodwork because of a baseball national championship. Pales in comparison to what would happen if football was winning.
0: Yeah, I mean, so,
1: um, it, it happens. It, it's just yeah, if that, and that's everywhere, right? So, um whereas the SEC is, is football driven, and that's you know, that's where they're spending their money, and that's what's bringing in the money. The Pac-12 has chose a different route. It doesn't seem to be working. So, I guess I'm going with the the Larry Scott and the presidents. Yeah, for uh, uh, for supporting
0: him. Yeah, Angie, you make you make a really good point. Is just. You're right. I mean, we we I think we really hang our hat on the conference of champions and everything that entails in that. But you're right. I mean, I mean, does anybody
1: really care if somebody wins a water polo championship? Right. No. I right. Mean, <laughs> USC might think it's cool that they or Stanford swimming and diving or you know, and in Oregon State it's it's great. You know, gymnastics is doing well, baseball, um, women's basketball. But at the end of the day, the it, number of fans that watch that, tune into that, or who even. It's a it's a blip on their radar, is is so much smaller than the exposure and the amount of fans that would come out for football.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just. I mean, you're right, Angie. I don't really know if I need to add anything because you just <laughs> hit it right on the head.
1: <laughs> so that's me, and I'll probably make enemy. I mean, we've had a really good discussion on Beaver Blip. One of the questions I posed um, this weekend was: Would you trade a women's basketball final four or the national championship in baseball for a Rose Bowl appearance for football? Oh gosh. To me, to me, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Yes. Night, and I mean the, and it's taken a lot of turns. A lot of people are taking, you know, no, you know that, and it has nothing to do with money spent or anything else. I'm looking at it purely as a getting fan base excited, getting the fan base fan base involved. It would be you
0: yeah, know. So yeah, anyway, there, there's huge. a question
1: to ponder for for our listeners.
0: Yes, Angie. So that you know, that's a really good. Do you want to say it one more time, just so everyone knows the full question?
1: Yes, okay. So the question I I asked the members in the lodge is, would you trade a national championship in baseball or a final four in women's basketball for a Rose Bowl appearance in football?
0: Whew, that's a tough question. I I you know, I'm just going to give my quick answer. I actually don't think I would. I don't really? think so. Just because I'm I'm kind of a guy as you as everyone who listens to this constantly knows is that You know, I I put it more on the players more than I put it on the coaches and everything like that to be good. So I think if it's I guess I'm going on a way different direction, but I don't think I would because I really think the baseball team and the women's basketball team, all their players, their coaches, everything, they earned it. So I think the football team would have to earn something like that. And until they do that, I can't really see it happening. And, you know, I guess I shouldn't say I can't see it happening. Maybe I just took a way wrong turn, but but I'm just going to go ahead and say no. I don't think I would got it okay
1: so here's one a good one for you um this is go on Twitter asked with gums Iden, Whitley up front and Roberts Tago, um Andre and and hamilka he goes that's a solid three four d who are you most excited to watch and will believe, and believe will make an amazing impact
0: mm and we also can't forget Evan Bennett I think he uh, Ben
1: Bennett. Yes. That is that is your dude, man, right there. That he is, is your
0: dude. I I just like, you know, I really think that that our defense will will improve if the guys because it's not like a it's not like a talent thing for them. It's just knowing their assignment and being in the right place that they need to be. Like if you're one gap over as a defensive lineman, then you're going to open up a hole for somebody to run or somebody mm-hmm. to run like a 90 yard touchdown. That's really just how football is. But. Um, it's I a would s- game of interest. Yes, I would say <laughs> I'm most excited pff, maybe Whitley. I think it's going to be Whitley really? because watching his film and breaking it down, I'm super excited for the transfers. I already know what they can do, but I really want to see think about it because Whitley was an all-American at JUCO. So if he mm-hmm. could bring that to Oregon State, at least being an honorable mention guy at defensive line, that's going to that'll make our defense soar way, way, way higher than it was this last season. Just because it's, I mean, we just had almost no help from the defensive line, which then impacted the linebackers because, like we've said before, it's too hard to read, you know, a play if, I don't know, if they can't see nothing because (laughs) everybody's already in their face and the ball carrier just runs right by them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Angie, Uh, who would you say?
1: um, You know, I'm excited. I'm I'm, going to go with Bennett. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you, the transfers, I think, are already going to be an instant impact. But I think we're going to be surprised with Bennett.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: He comes from a huge program. um, Has, you know, they won a a state title. So he has that winning mentality. I'm excited
0: to see what he can do. Mm -hmm. Angie, do you have any more questions for us? I do. Bustin89
1: in the Lodge asks questions about the transfer portal. He has a couple here. Um, He wants to know if the players that are transferring out are still in school. Um like Irvine and Gardner. Gardner left the team last year, so I doubt that he is still at Oregon State. Irvine may be finishing up the term before he transfers. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um he asked if the players in the portal change their minds, can they return to the team? I you know, as far as Gardner's concerned, no. He left the program.
0: It's he's left. Irvine,
1: I believe has he found a home yet?
0: Uh I don't think so. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure he hasn't yet, but um I think if you're still enrolled, you can still come back. Is that how it go? Because didn't isn't that what Seth Collins did? Right? He like entered the transfer yeah. portal in a way, I guess maybe. In a way, Set, yeah. I don't know. It was, but it, like, it
1: depends if there's if there's spots available, and yeah. that's the other thing right now. Because then he said if there's any rumors of portal players that might be interested in becoming Beavers, so right now I'm. I, I work. I keep kind of close tabs on kind of the scholarship tracker, keeping track of who um, Oregon State did award scholarships to on, Andre um, Bowden hey. and uh, Jaden Grant. Yes, so they, they earned some scholarship, scholarships. So I'm I'm still so I'm one over in my scholarship count right now. I, I have the Beavs at eighty six. So I'm missing something. So before I before I you know go out and publish it, I, I want to make sure I'm right. So that's what I've kind of been. Playing with this weekend is kind of figuring that out. So right now there's not room for any transfers coming in as far as scholarship guys. That being said, usually after spring, we might see you know a little more attrition, you know guys that feel like maybe they're not seeing the the time that they think they deserve. So um, I I imagine you know right now I kind of I see this being a kind of a lull with the transfer portal, and then after spring camp, I see you know potentially a couple guys putting their names in, and, and opening up a few spots for some potential um, transfers in.
2: hmm.
0: Angie, you just hit that right on the head. I'm, wow. I'm like
1: on my game today.
0: You what are on your I game to today. Game I, was, game <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't got to say anything. <laughs> but uh, Angie, do you have any more questions for us?
1: Um, let's see. I have another Twitter one here. I had a basketball question, too. Ooh, do, you think, do you think Trace leaves after the season?
2: I don't think Hang on. so. Let me,
1: I'll get. I'll get the whole question here. C. Uh, C. Beav, C. Beaver wants to know. Um, you know, next year's actually shaping up to look pretty good because they're only losing Big G and Stevie, and then they have the three big recruits. Um, can Wayne and company finally capitalize on this season and keep it rolling?
0: Hmm. What do you think? I think so. I think they really can. If Trace stays and doesn't leave, then I mean, I have no doubt in my mind. Just because. I mean, Trace is a a freak basketball player. And, you know, it was actually funny because when I was listening to the Ducks broadcast and I was broadcasting that, they were saying that Trace is probably, you know, the best player in the conference all around. And so I really think that too. So, you know, there's times where people think he's inconsistent. Maybe the Beavers play better without him. But in my opinion, they certainly don't just because the best player on on the opposing team is going to guard him regardless. You know, best players go against best players. And so when that's the case, then worst comes to worst, you take take out their best defender and let someone like Stevie go to work. And I think that's kind of what happened with the Ducks, and that's kind of what they did. And so... I really think with – what's his name? It's Jared Lucas, right? I didn't want to butcher his his name. Yeah, Jared Lucas. That kid's an absolute freak. I mean, he is a scoring machine. He was was in Corvallis this weekend
1: watching. He was one of them.
0: Yeah, and so they could definitely keep it going. It's just a matter of, you know, if – I wouldn't say it's talent. I would say it's role players. How are your role players going to play in the next season and kind of if they develop and keep getting better? Because I think talent-wise with with top players – they're right up there right now. And so if you just keep adding on to that and your role players get better, I think Oregon State can you know, continue to be a top team in the conference for basketball.
1: And then the last little question that he asked, part of that, do you think
0: Coach Tinkle leaves when Trace leaves? Ooh, I don't know. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. I don't think he will. I I, I don't. I think it's a good fit. Yeah, it's a good fit. and I think he really yeah. likes Beaver Nation, and I, I know regardless, you know, regardless how everyone's going to have their own opinion on their coaches, you know, regardless if you think he can really develop the players and make them good and make a push or not. I mean, you have to look, he's bringing in some really good talent basketball wise year in and year out. So I just think if, I don't know if, if, the if Oregon state basketball supports him and the school supports him and the fans continue to support him, then he'll stay because I think yeah. he really yeah. does like it. But if, you know, obviously if it's, I don't want to say it's a coach Riley thing because I really don't know that whole fallout, but if, you know, if he loses the support and he sees that it's not going to get any better, I think he would leave regardless yeah. if trace is here or not.
1: There you go. So last question, and this is a good one too. Sean Leahy on Twitter asks, um, out of the 200, 2019 incoming freshmen who were we surprised didn't receive more power five offers. So who is our biggest diamond in the rough in this
0: class? Evan Bennett, without a doubt. Yeah, you're, I'm going with Corey Stover. Oh yeah, okay. really I,
1: I talked to a couple coaches at the recruiting dinner, and they were all
0: raving about him. Really? You know, I really, yeah.
1: I really liked. And him. he did. I mean, he had. I mean, I don't want to take. He had Cal offer. He had um, UCLA was coming in on him, so he had some other offers. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. But well, you're right. Evan Bennett was another one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really liked Stover's film. I when I looked at it, I, I didn't. I don't want to say I was harsh on it. What I was saying was that. You know, anytime you get a big, lanky link, kind of guy yeah. like he is, you just it, it's all about putting on size and being aggressive because talent-wise, I don't think he has a problem. It's just the fact that, you know— what And is how it?
1: is he going to adjust to that weight? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that change his athleticism?
0: Yeah, it's really big, and I think a lot of people think that I'm just a hater sometimes when I break down these players' films, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, calling it how I see it is— I think the kid is talented, super talented. All he'll have to do though is just put on the weight and be able to still be athletic with that weight being put on because yeah. that's a hard thing to do for almost anybody. It was super hard for me. I'm super, I'm sure it was it's super hard for everybody. And so There you go. Angie, I totally forgot to say this at the beginning of the podcast, but we have former Oregon State and Fresno State quarterback Marcus McMarion on as, you know, I, I I'm going to bring him on. Um, right after you and I are done. And then after that, Dr. Jason Young, our damn podcast sponsor, is going to hop on. Or awesome. I should say, uh, questions I, sponsor. Marcus
1: McMarion, seriously, what he has gone through, what he went through at Oregon State. Um, I'm anxious. I'm anxious for you to talk to him. I just, I've always wanted to kind of reach out to him and just kind of see, you know, it was kind of a, a bad note that he left on, and, mm-hmm. and I'm anxious to see you know what his feelings are toward, you know, Oregon State and Beaver Nation.
0: Yeah, it's a it's going to be a good one. I I really think that me knowing, you know, kind of Marcus pretty well is I don't think he I don't think he really looks at it as bitterness towards, you know, Beaver Nation anything like yeah. that. I yeah. I think it's more of just he understood that his it wasn't a good situation for him, and he had to find a way to get out of that situation and grow from it. And I think he really did, obviously, as they won 10 games and then 12 games yeah. and then won the Mountain West Conference. And, no, so know, proud of that. So, and now he's getting ready for uh,
1: for the NFL draft. Yes,
0: and so, so I'll, I'll ask him more about that, too, the NFL, kind of Fresno State, and his time at Oregon State. So awesome. stay tuned for that. And then Dr. Jason Young is going to hop on as our next podcast guest that is a listener. And so he's really going to talk about whatever he wants. I'm kind of just going to let him go and and kind of right. go off. So I love
1: having listeners on. Yes,
0: and I apologize. I hyped up having Dan Fouts on, but he was out of town. And so when you're a you know a NFL Hall of Famer, you know we kind of have to we kind of have to adjust to him. But <laughs> so
1: he, he will come on. He I, will.
0: I he to- will come on. He, he has. You know, he said that he's really excited to hop on and he wants to hop on. So um, just look forward to that. So I think hopefully we'll shoot for next week. We'll have him. Um, I'm hoping we'll have, you know, Tanner Sanders, who was basically an all sport athlete at Oregon state and his dad, I think it's Scott. Is it Scott? Scott, Yeah, Scott. He's going to hop on. He played linebacker, at Oregon state back in the day. So we, we got some good guests coming on in the next couple weeks. So uh, Angie, if you don't have anything else, then we're going to switch right over now to uh, Marcus McMarion. Awesome. All right, Angie, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this second half of the damn podcast with your host Marcus Greaves. Now we have a special guest on. We got former Oregon State and Fresno State quarterback, one of my good friends, Marcus McMarion. Marcus, we appreciate you hopping on, my man.
2: Yeah, no doubt, man. Appreciate you having me.
0: So, uh, I mean, everybody knows you had all the success in the world at Fresno State. Uh, you know, us at Oregon State Beaver Nation, we were ex- you know we were excited for you. We we're happy for you. Kind of just talk about what Oregon State did for you in a way that you know kind of led you to that success whether it was overcoming adversity whether it was you know just finding your love for the game even more kind of just talk about what Oregon State did for you in your game
2: yeah i mean 100% i mean the success factor obviously didn't play a huge role in that Oregon State we struggled a little bit here and there but i mean it definitely taught me a lot of growing pains going through stuff i went through at Oregon State and, i mean Coming to Fresno State, a lot of the guys here were kind of going through the same thing. So, I mean, when I kind of got here, I mean, the guys were kind of welcoming me. I mean, I was going through losing seasons, but just at a different school than they were. So, it kind of helped me mesh with the guys as soon as I got here. But as far as Oregon State, I mean, I think I just really learned a lot about myself. And, I mean, being in uh, in the environment I was in, just really going close to my teammates and just really uh, just really finding my love for the game. So, I mean, it was definitely a, a great experience, I don't regret anything about it at all. I mean, Oregon State definitely shaped me into the person I am today, and allowed me to have the success I had at Fresno. And,
0: and that success you had at Fresno, kind of talk about that because if I'm not mistaken, you guys won ten games and then eleven, right? Was that it?
2: Uh, yeah. So we won we went ten and four the first year I got here, and then this past year we just went finished twelve and two.
0: Man, that's crazy. Just talk, kind of talk about that, man, because you know we, uh, especially me, and you know all you know, obviously we used to be teammates all of us on on our team kind of knew your talent and knew what you had. And, and, you know, I always tell this story where, you know, we're, we're down, it was two years ago now in the civil war game. And I remember you kind of told us, Hey man, let's go. Like I'll put this on my shoulders. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to win this game. And I tell that story all the time to the listeners and they really love it. But, you know, kind of talk about your leadership role at Fresno state and just in a way, just talk about what Fresno state did for you and how you guys had so much success.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of like you said, it's just an example of being a leader. I mean, I've always been. I mean, I speak when, when you need to speak. I think uh, being a leader, it's not necessarily being the guy who yells and screams all the time, but really stepping up and speaking when the, when you know the team needs you to speak the most. So I think just being able to bring that leadership to Fresno State, I mean, they had some great leaders here already. Like I said, guys that have been through a lot. The year before they went through – a a 1-11 season, so they're they're definitely struggling and they're ready to, to kind of get the program turned around to help me. I walked into a great situation. I mean, Coach Stefford's a great coach and kind of really just, he gave me the keys to the car, honestly, and just kind of let me, I haven't really felt that, that kind of love since I came out of high school. So really feeling that love from the coaching staff really allowed me to kind of just be the best version of myself.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, every time we watch, you know, every week, week by week, we're watching and... and... You know, especially me and Angie, we would always talk about it like, man, just imagine if he stayed, you know, obviously the the circumstances, wherever they were. And, you know, God had a different path for you. But, you know, let's uh, let's flip it to this. You know, there was there was plenty of games that I watched and there's plenty of games that I watched you play. And I was like, man, like this kid, you know, he's he's obviously next level. He he could be an NFL quarterback, no doubt. Kind of talk about what was your favorite game this last season or I guess at Fresno State. We could talk about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say 100%. I mean, it's just winning the Mountain West Championships. I mean, I don't know how much uh, Oregon State fans know about the Fresno State-Boise history, but that's kind of like our civil war at Fresno State. I mean, that's definitely some bad blood between Fresno State and Boise State. And unfortunately, they've kind of had the upper hand. Uh, I don't think Fresno State's won there since about the 80s, like on the blue turf itself. So, I mean, that was just a huge, huge win for the program and just kind of getting Everyone kind of calls it getting the monkey off our back uh, as far as we finally winning on the boot turf. So it's kind of a, a big deal. So, I mean, that's definitely one that I'll never forget. And uh, just the, kind of the cherry on top I mean, you know, snowing that game too. So the first game I've ever played in snow. So it's definitely uh, something to remember.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, let's flip it to Oregon State. Kind of what was what was your favorite game at Oregon State? I, You know, I'm going to go ahead and take a shot in the dark and guess that it was a Civil War game because I remember that game. I remember playing in that game and it was – it was kind of a next-level game. You know, that was that was something that, you know, obviously you and I both know since we played that, you know, that game had a lot of emotion in it, and, you know, we came out on top. But, you know, kind of tell us what your favorite game was at Oregon State.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would definitely be kind of the staple staple win in my career at Oregon State. I mean, just the way I was able to finish. I mean, but and really the whole second half of that season, I mean, we kinda of put a beating on Arizona. I went for five touchdowns that game. Uh we played well against Wazoo. We should have pulled that win out. I mean just really the whole second half of that season was kinda of one to remember. But being able to kinda of just finish on top, uh win that Civil War game. I know how much it meant to all those all the dudes that were from Oregon. I know Ryan. Ryan Jalen, all those dudes talking about the five oh three representing so <laughs> I mean I remember I remember all that stuff. So I mean I know how important that was to all the dudes that are from Oregon and just really all the Oregon State fans, so I mean, that's definitely one of my, my favorite memories, just being able to do it. I mean, it was raining and all that stuff. So it's kind of like a movie scene, so it's definitely something I'll never forget. Storm rushed the field, and it was definitely a good time.
0: Absolutely. And, Marcus, kind of last topic real quick. Uh, so, obviously, you know, being the talented player that you are, you're shooting for the league, and, you know, you have, you know, from almost everywhere I've seen that you have a pretty good chance of, you know, making a good impact or at least, you know, getting a shot, which not a lot of guys get that shot. Uh, kind of talk about what that means to you right now and, and kind of the things you're doing in order to prepare for maybe, you know, the combine, maybe the draft, whatever that may be.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you like you mentioned, I mean, I'm just blessed and fortunate to be in the position I am to even have a shot and opportunity to kind of get, potentially get drafted or get signed as a priority free agent or whatever the case might be. I'm just, just honestly, just blessed and thankful to be in the position I am, but. Right now, I'm training out in Bakersfield at Car Elite with uh, Derek Carr's trainer, and, uh, David Carr's brothers, kind of working me through my workouts and all that stuff. So it's going, it's going great. I'm there uh, doing my workouts all week, and then I'll sneak back to Fresno for the weekend. Maybe every now and then to visit my family, uh, see my girlfriend, and kind of just get all get all the family stuff knocked out of the way.
0: Absolutely, man. I know it was quick just because we know you're busy, but, hey, we really appreciate you, Marcus, hopping on. Just for a couple minutes, Hey, is there any last things you want to say to Beaver Nation at all? Just because, you know, I would say none of us have really heard from you a lot because we know, you know, obviously schedules haven't been matched up and you're busy, but you have any last words for Beaver Nation?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'd just say thank you guys for everything. I mean, I know it was a tough transition, me leaving. It all kind of happened so fast, but, I mean, just like the endless support you guys give me through social media, I mean, I know I don't reply to all of them, but I definitely see it all, and I appreciate uh, just you guys supporting me through my journey, whether I was wearing an Oregon State uniform or a Fresno State uniform. I definitely felt the love from Beaver Nation uh, while I was out in Fresno State, so I definitely appreciate you guys.
0: Absolutely, and everybody, thank you guys for listening to this second half with Marcus McMarion, former Oregon State and Fresno State quarterback. Marcus, we really appreciate it, man. We look forward to having you on again sometime in the future if you're free. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this last part of the damn podcast. Now we are joined by our damn question sponsor, the Dr. Jason Young. Uh, Mr. Young, we appreciate it, my man.
3: Hey, it's good to be here, Marcus. I love the podcast. Uh, I think that what you and Angie are doing is awesome and uh, happy to have the opportunity to sponsor
0: of course my man thank you so much so uh and and
3: I'm sorry you guys have hit rock bottom and have to have me on so uh, (laughs) we'll have to find you some better guests
0: oh no way man (laughs) this is exactly who everyone wants to hear I was gonna say uh you know I feel like I'm the one who needs to apologize to you because I record like everyone said I recorded that one uh the read for the the sponsorship and I'd never listened to it after the first time. And I was really, I remember I was really tired when I recorded it. And then so now when Angie was saying that people were starting to wonder, like, why do I sound so upset? And I went back and listened. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I I feel bad. So, you know, I had to, uh, you know, re record it and make it sound a lot more entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, man, it was
3: was great. It stood out. Hey,
0: (laughs) perfect. Well, let's just get right into it, my man. I mean, you are, like it always says in the read, you know, you're Oregon State's, you know, real, Chiropractor, So kind of just talk about what it's like to work for the athletic, you know, programs in general.
3: Sure. So uh, first, let me start with a disclaimer. Um, just uh, like if I mention the names of any athletes or anything like that, uh, please don't assume that that is a patient of mine, uh, just because everybody's entitled to their confidentiality. But I get the opportunity to uh, be around the program a lot and talk to a lot of different people. And so just because I, t- I talk to somebody doesn't mean they're necessarily a patient. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been working with Oregon State since uh, 2011. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity, a big honor. I, I believe I'm the first uh, chiropractor that's, that's worked with the program. And it's really great because um, if you are a college athlete and you're going to uh, eventually go to the next level, there's chiropractors working with um, all the NFL teams, uh, Major League Baseball, Basketball, all of it. So it's a really good opportunity to uh, kind of introduce uh, serious athletes to what uh, some of the things that they'll experience at the next level. So it's good.
0: Man, that's crazy. And is it because I remember even when I was there, you know, I had a couple Uh, appointments with you all the time and I was like I remember I was always nervous I sat down and you were like all right you ready like we're gonna you know you know pop your neck pop your back I was like yeah man let's do it and I'm telling you the (laughs) the neck always gets me man I was like you're like all right you ready and I was like yep you're like one two and then do it on two and then it just I mean it scared it scared the shit out of me I'm not gonna lie I was like whoa whoa, whoa." and I was like man am I like can I move but no man it, it was great and you know, I don't think enough athletes – I don't know how many – I can't remember how many of us thanked you. I know for a fact I did because I don't know what it was, man, but that, that stuff is magic. It's, I mean, it, it really it – really, I don't want to say put me towards the next level, but it's just a part of taking care of your body that I don't think a lot of athletes really do and really understand until you hit kind of an older point like I did where I was a more experienced guy in the program where – I was just like, man, like I looked forward to that every single week. I was so ready for it. I was like, this is exactly what I need, and you know. So if if they don't tell you, I'm sure they do. Yeah. But if they don't, I want to say personally
3: thank you for all that because I know in well, yeah. fact we appreciate it. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, um, and I do get it. I get guys who try and sneak on my list and everything. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring, bring some of that up because, uh, you know, it's one thing that I that I notice is that, I mean, you can always tell the guys who who are ready to have a, a big year or uh, they're looking at the next level because uh, they approach their, like, daily habits, their health and everything with, like, another level of care. Like, if I could just go to your um, your patented uh, cool guy rant, cool guy on <laughs> campus rant. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's some of these dudes who, you know, they're playing in the NFL now. They're playing Major League Baseball now. Uh, they're playing in the NBA. And uh, you could just tell that they were going to do it because uh, they took really good care of themselves and they approached it like a professional. Um, and you can tell the guys who aren't serious, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's some of them that... Uh, like, oh, I'm going to miss an appointment or I'm going to stay up late or, you know, I don't care what I eat and and you could tell. And, you know, just one of the things that's been most impressive uh, in my time at Oregon State is I think it's really easy for fans because I'm a fan and that's why all this is so thrilling to me is because at the, at the end of the day, like, I'm just a huge fan of, of Oregon State. I grew up in Corvallis and so uh, this has always been my team. Um, but I think that it's really easy as a fan to, like, look at these kids and, you just put like a really high level of expectation on them and you forget that you forget that athletes are people, you know? No. And so uh, a lot of them, it's their first time away from home. Um, they don't have the support system that they had and uh, and they're trying to make their way. And I think one of the most impressive things about uh, some of these guys, like uh, you remember Billy, right? Yep. Jordan Villeman, that guy, every time you saw Jordan, he would see a teammate, and he had a hug for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and he was always, always checking up and, you know, like most of us, Hey, what's up, what's up? And Doran would always ask, Hey, are you okay? You know, how are you doing and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just really impressive the level of care they take. And, you know, those uh, those are guys that, that, you know, take it to the next level too. And uh, it's just, it's really neat and inspiring to see like the level of heart that a lot of these athletes have and, um, you know, winning, losing, uh, whatever. But uh, I mean, it's 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 really great and it's thrilling to to be able to be around so many great people. So. Yeah,
0: and and to you're right. I do rant. <laughs> I do have that rant of cool guy. But you know, I it's a good point that you say it because I always refer to it as you know doing extra work and whatever that may be for most of the guys or most of the time, it's, you know, studying extra in the playbook, getting extra working on your own time. But, you know, you're a hundred percent right because I think what finally put me over the top and, and made me realize that, you know, once I finally got a starting position or was in a chance to take that starting position, I think what got me to that spot was being able to take care of my body and understand, you know, when I need to take care of my body, because a lot of the time, you know, it's, okay, I start off doing this, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm athletic, I'm young, I feel, I feel good. And then, you know, you go through a spring practice or a couple of spring practices, or you go through a fall camp and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you yeah, know, right. I, I need to take care of my body and, right. you know, just, and it's not even for football either. And, you know, obviously right. you can say this too, but I'm sure all the athletes that go to you appreciate it because, you know, taking care of your body is, I would say half the battle is, is just understanding, you know, sports and what sport you do, but the other half is taking care of your body because most yeah. of the time it's it's injuries that end people's careers compared to mm-hmm. you know uh, you know maybe grades or whatever that is.
3: Well, and it's, and, and you're right, and, and it's not just your sport and your body and everything like that, but it's also like guys who are taking care of the academics. Like you look at a guy like Timmy Timmy Hernandez, mm-hmm. right? Who uh, he was academic all American. Um, he's a really good athlete, really fun guy. That's a dude who uh, he's gonna make it. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna be a professional athlete, uh, but uh, but he's gonna make it in life because uh, the guy's got a real professional attitude. Brandon Cooks was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Storm Woods was like that. And you, uh, uh, Sumner Houston is another guy who's like that. And there's guys who uh, every aspect of their life they're taking care of it. It's one thing that makes me really excited about the football draft class coming in. Is uh, I hear that you know Coach Smith is looking for uh, for guys who are cerebral, who who are good students of the game, who are good students in general because. You know, uh, you only get to play sports for so long, right? Absolutely. Um, I don't care who you are, and so it's just—it's just about being committed to to yourself and taking care of things over on life. And that's one of the great things about Beaver Nation is uh, uh, Beaver fans want the character guys, right? Mm -hmm. We want the guys who. Uh, you know, they're going to be great on the field, but, you know, we're going to get to see you years later and you're going to be involved in your community and doing big things because that's that's the Beaver Nation way. And if, if you didn't know that, um, that's just what I'm saying. Like, I'll coin that phrase. It's the Beaver Nation way. Right. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so absolutely. You're going to go on and do big things in your life like you, you know. I hear you own the radio station now. Is that right? Or <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and, and, Isn't Angie one of your employees?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, she basically is. I mean, hopefully she yeah. doesn't uh-huh. come back and listen to this. But if she's not <laughs> listening, then absolutely she is one of my employees. Right. But, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> you know, we really appreciate it. And, you know, we unfortunately don't have a whole lot of time. But we, I have to ask, because you were there and yeah. you were at that Civil War game. Mm-hmm. and just kind of kind of give us a breakdown from a fan's point of view because I didn't, unfortunately, get to be there. And I say this you know, earlier in the podcast is that uh, I, you know, 1080, the fan here, this radio station, is actually home of the Ducks. So most of the people here are huge Duck fans. So anytime uh-huh. there's, you know, obviously a Civil War game, no matter what it is, and the Beavers win, trust me, I, I make sure to rub it in. And, you know, I, I already told the story earlier, but basically long story short is uh, there is a – you know, I I broadcast the games, and a- after every game, you kind of have to send out a mass email to all the producers, kind of telling them the highlights, everything that happened. And you know, as soon as that ha- you know, as soon as we won, one I sent them a picture of a broom, and then two I just you know kind of broke it down. I was like, you know, this guy did good for the Ducks, but overall they couldn't overcome you know the most dominant team in the Pac-12, the Oregon State Beavers, and whatever. Obviously, just gave them a hard time. But kind of just break it down for us real quick of of what the sure.
3: atmosphere was like. Well, here's the thing, you know, so it's it's a great rivalry between the two schools and, um, you know, when either school is doing well – Neither one wants to pretend like the others, even in their class or league, uh, you know, and don't tell anybody I said this, as I'm about to say it in front of everybody. But <laughs> U of O has some things going for it. You know, mm-hmm. they've got they got some p- good programs and things. The problem that, that I have and I think other people have with it is, that you know, this this whole like glitter show really yeah. overshadows all that. Right. Yeah. So you get the sense that it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and it covers up the, the substance that they actually have. That's one of the great things about Beaver Nation is, like, um, you know, we pride ourselves in being, like, like grounded and, and, you know, and kind of gritty. You know, yeah. Gill Coliseum Saturday night was amazing. I haven't heard it like that since we went on that big, uh, that home streak of basketball wins when GP2 was running things. Yeah. I think we just lost one home game that year. But the thing is, it, here's the bottom line. Gill Coliseum is disgusting. It's, it's, um, it's hot it's um <laughs> it's it's probably not safe to be in and it's just absolutely wonderful absolutely. i mean it's <laughs> yeah it's a it's a great home court advantage love all the people there um I waved to every duck fan that left early and um <laughs> and i wish I wish I could be there tonight and so I could wave to more duck fans because I think the girls are going to get it done uh real has a real wonderful program um and it's just i mean it's it's a good time to be a beaver, right? Like mm. the, we're firing on all cylinders everywhere. The football program is improving. Um, well, there's, there's nowhere else that it can go. Right. Yep, absolutely. So, Only up from um, here now. Yeah. I uh, baseball just won five to zero, you know, so we're starting out uh, undefeated and I, you know, I couldn't be more proud to be a beaver.
0: So. Absolutely. And Dr. Young, we unfortunately ran out of time, but we're gonna have to get you back on because that was sure. that was actually really entertaining. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, uh, I think next week we're kind of packed. Hopefully, Dan Fouts will hop on this upcoming episode because he was out of town this last episode. So um, instead, we got you know you, Marcus McMarion. So that's I would say that's a pretty that's a pretty good you know, that's pretty good backup. So uh, yeah. we'll have anytime. you on in the next couple weeks for sure. But uh, any,
3: any, anytime, I always make time for my favorite podcast.
0: Absolutely. So. And we appreciate you listening so much. So uh, everybody, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Damn Podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. And also, Dr. Young, just one last thank you for everything you do for us. And we really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, go excited